The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Spence hasn't loaded it up yet. Okay. Yep. Uh, I only love it with some passion. Rubber band and the money that keeps stacking. Got a honey who come with elite fashion. She too fine, I tell her that thing magic. You ain't a hustler, you broke, well that seems tragic. Gotta catch in the field like deep passes. I tell a plug if it's sticky, then please bag it. I need the best cause I grew up with need madness. Uh, need a Matt Burgundy Mercy. Jewelry so heavy it might hurt me. Smoke an extra kill, that extra seal. Whoa. Buffalo money need extra bills till I'm eating so much I got a breakfast deal I put Mom's on vacation with Bob Marley State Racing all the homies in that Audi R8 place Got an out of state name Going hard till my tour just foreign up like Jets fan, Jets employee, Jets worker My, my guy Antoine Staley is back in the building no, you know, none He's of been those. out here look, look. None of those <laughs> <laughs> He's he's back here uh, doing the damn thing. Um, Jay Spence is calling me right now. He's calling me because I call him, and then he didn't answer the phone. So <laughs> I don't know if he's if he's gonna tell me like we should be going at a different time, or we should be going at seven o'clock. But we already got people's eyes on the show. Spence, text me, text me. Um, but it's good to see you, man. It's really that's good to a, see that's you. That's really bad. What's what's been going on uh this summer? Uh, you know, did some vacation before training camp and then started training camp early. So uh so that was, you know, that wasn't necessarily fun, but you know, now I'm in the groove of things. It's, you know, it's like riding a bike. So yeah, I'm back in football mode until whenever the Jets lose their <laughs> lose a game late in the game in the playoffs, assuming that they make the playoffs. But, you know, we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, man, we we're gonna see. Uh we're gonna talk about the Jets tonight. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some some Bills topics as well. Uh just to let you know that this show is brought to you by the Jordan Poirier Foundation. Our very own Jordan Poirier sponsoring the chop up for this season. And uh we appreciate all the things that he has going on on and off the field. So uh shout out to the to Jordan Poirier and his foundation, all the amazing work they do. Um Listen here, man. The Jets, y'all signed Dalvin Cook, man. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that that don't like the move at all, and I'm on the side of like I'm good with it. I thought I think it's a, a really good move to bolster your running back room, seeing that you you you're nursing Brees Hall back to health. I mean, I saw that he was cleared fully, right? So he's not going to be on the pup list. Talk to me about uh, what what's the what's the temp in the locker room now that Dalvin Cook is uh, going to be RB one. Well, I mean, at least externally, I think the running backs are saying, you know, you know, he's a part of the team, and you know, they welcome it and everything like that. But I have to think that it's probably they they didn't want the move. They thought they were good enough without Dalvin Cook too. I know Brees Hall uh, ended up, you know, having you know a big eyes emoji when they ended up you know, entertaining and hosted Dalvin Cook too as well on Twitter and Michael Carter wasn't necessarily for it. Although I think, you know, he's just dealing with it in his own kind of way. And, you know, at least he's being mature about it. We asked him about that today. So I think externally they're welcoming him with open arms, but internally I, you have to understand that, you know, they're already four deep at the running back position. And now you add somebody like Dalvin Cook. So you have to wonder who's going to be the odd man out of the quarterback room. So. Yeah, I definitely think it's a fair question, but you know, I think it was much needed. You know, especially considering what happened to Brees, what happened after Brees Hall suffered that injury last year. They, the uh, Jets were unable to run the football consistently. I know some of that had to do with the offensive line. I know some of that had to do with Zach Wilson and his inability to, you know, be efficient down the field too. But the fact of the matter is, the running backs didn't get it done on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I feel like <clears throat> had Brees Hall played the whole season, um, he he probably would have finished top at least I know top ten uh, in terms of rushing production. I mean, yes, for for the the time he played, he was electric. I mean, he really took the offense right, led by Zach Wilson, and he made it respectable. Um, and, and you know, who knows what that offense would have been from a passing standpoint? I think he would have added some a lot to the passing game as well. Um, you guys already had, you know, Garrett Wilson over there doing his thing, rookie of the year. Uh, it's just crazy that that the Jets, I mean, they keep knocking it out of the park. What have you heard about um the new additions this year? What about Will McDonald? How's he looking? How's he faring? And then you guys have a a a, a receiver from uh was it Brownlee? Who is this guy that's making all these Jason catches? I, I like I like how you had to like I'm on the team. Like <laughs> you are. I was like I was like my like my team, the team that I like. No, nah, uh, but Jason Brownlee, like undrafted rookie. Uh, yeah, he's made some noise too. I think he's he's in a you know competition battle too for the sixth spot as well. Um, I think him and Malik Taylor are kind of the two guys that are going for that six wide receiver spot. Assuming that they keep six wide receivers, but. Yeah, Brownlee, you know, he ended up doing his thing early on and, you know, had, had I think he's kind of fallen a little bit, you know, down a little bit in the pecking order. But we'll see, you know, you still have two more preseason games to go with two already in the bag. So he's definitely had some opportunity to 
still make some noise there. And then you talked about Will McDonald. I think he's definitely played really well. I mean, he's just going off ball ability right now. I think you kind of saw it if you watch these games at Iowa State, too. Somebody that has the ability to just get to the pass rusher with spin moves and just a variety of moves. Like, he's so quick and fast and, you know, has this dangerous spin move and flexibility to get to the quarterback. And once he puts it all together, I think it's going to – him and Jermaine Johnson, I think they're going to be – complete beast for the Jets, you know, for years to come. Jermaine Johnson's also playing really well throughout the course of the preseason. So the Jets' defensive line, I think, is, you know, up there with, you know, I don't want to say it's better than the Eagles, but, you know, I definitely think it's up there with the 49ers and the Eagles, like top three for sure. Wow. Wow. That That's high praise. That's yeah, very high the, praise. I mean, they're deep. They're they're deep and loaded. Like, yeah, they, they are – I mean, you got Quentin Williams, who, you know, was one of the better defensive right. players in the league last year. So, yeah, they, they're top, like, they're heavy, like, as far as defensive end and defensive tackle. Picking up Al Woods, I think, it was huge as far as the run game. You know, you have a run eater inside that can, you know, stuff the run as well. I think, you know, giving up some run yardage late, late last year was a big problem for this team. And now you got a, okay. you know, a big 330-plus guy you know, a veteran like him that can, you know, keep control of that in the middle. It's scary, man. It, it's uh it's it's a very scary proposition for NFL offenses, namely the Buffalo Bills, who um had their moments with the Jets last year, uh losing one game, right? Uh yeah. and the next, you know, the, the Bills got them the second time and yeah, lost you know, by eight. Was that? Lost by eight, yeah. Lost yeah. by eight the second yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean and that game was close. Um yeah. You, you you look at all the things this offseason between those two squads and, you know, you're seeing a lot of pundits, analysts alike are saying that the Jets might be the best team in the division. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've you seen it. I mean, even on ESPN today. I know I posted the, it. Yeah. You know, what, what are you – okay, I know the Jets players feel confident. I'm sure the fans feel confident. But realistically, like, what, what are we looking at here are we are we looking at uh you know the bills run of afc east champions is is it over is what i'm asking you uh i won't say it's over but the gap is definitely shrunken a little bit between the bills and the rest of the teams in the division i mean you look at miami i think they're just as talented too but you know you have to look at two the big question is about Tua and then his health and can can he stay healthy concussions aside you know even before that like he had a you know inability to play all 16, 17 game season. And, you know, even going back to Alabama, he had his injury concerns too. So if he can stay healthy, then, you know, I think the Dolphins could definitely have an opportunity to win that division as well. I mean, you look at the Jets, you know, getting Aaron Rodgers is huge. Anytime you get some a future Hall of Fame quarterback like that, I mean, it's definitely going to make you take notice and, you know, make them a player in the division. You know, getting Dalvin Cook to go along with Brees Hall too, uh, huge move. Uh, Garrett Wilson is – I think we saw it kind of sound size of him last year. You know, they end up getting out with Azar and Nicole Hartman to kind of show up the wide receiving core. Offensive line is still a bit concerned. You know, we'll see uh, what it looks like when Dwayne Brown comes back. But the defense, I definitely think it's going to be really, really good. I think we kind of saw signs of that last year. They finished fourth and totally yards, yards allowed and also points allowed. So as long as they can, if they can get any kind of, you know, if they can get the Aaron Rodgers that, even last year, if they get that type of Aaron Rodgers, I definitely think they'll definitely be a player in the AFC. But I actually expect Aaron Rodgers to be better because he was a little banged up last year for the most part. It's interesting, man. I don't know. I'm nervous. 
I, I, I you know, I can't sit here and say that uh, as as Bills Mafia, I'm not nervous about the Jets. You know, the the Dolphins. I mean, they're going to be dynamic on offense, right? And, and you you add Vic Fangio to that. Yeah. Um. You know, it, huge loss for them to lose Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey. Of course. Yeah. That's that's that that one's going to hurt them, but. Um, it's one of those things, man. It's like, okay, how, you know, from a bill's perspective, I'm like, well, how good or how confident am I in the bill's ability to at least split with the jets and the dolphins? I'm not worried about the Patriots. I think the bills will beat the Patriots two times. Right. But it's really, you, you know, it's not for a while. It was like, all right, the bills need to get the number one seed. Now it's, you know, you got to win your division, but Oh, by the way, your division got a lot tougher um and and that's what has me worried at night man it, it's got me worried it's a fair concern i mean like i say this is no longer just you know the bills had their run and well it was just like it was them and everybody else and now like i say little by little i think the gap is closing a little bit i think i think it would have closed a little bit last year too if the two would have been able to stay healthy but you know it, you know concussions you know and everything kind of took over and it, the bills ended up winning the division as well but yeah, I think this year is going to be – I think you can make the argument three teams can make the playoffs at the AFCs. I really think it's that good. And how, how they finish, I don't think anybody would be that much – a whole lot of surprise between if the Bills won the division, if the Jets won the division. Heck, if the Dolphins won the division. Yeah, I think the only one that would be surprised. I, I think they could. I think they could. I really no. think – they're dynamic. In the, yes, they, they, they definitely could. They just have it's just Tua. That's all it is. That's the biggest question. Yeah, that's if, a big question. Can, mark. No, it is. But if he can, if he stays healthy, then there's just there's good as any of those two teams in the division as well. Like I think everybody knows that. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe they do have an opportunity. They got a shot to win the division. It's just it's hard for me to to look at. You know, you you want Tua to to be healthy, right? Um, and you want them to manage him correctly in terms of his health. I mean, I'm not worried about his play on the field. I think when he's on the field, he's a quarterback that that has ability to produce. Uh, but his health really does it, it call, is a cause for concern. I mean, you know, you look at teams like um, the 49ers, who for some reason always get plagued with injured quarterbacks, right? And they they kind of figure out a way. You know, Brock Purdy coming in as a seventh round pick. Uh, doing his thing we we're seeing Sam Darnold even in the limited preseason action we saw he's come in and look very well you know it's just one of those things uh, you know that they probably uh, are gonna have to figure out you know a kind of hedge against the starting quarterback I know they they signed your guy Mike White to be their backup quarterback uh, for Tua yes, so Dolphins yeah yeah so it's it's one of those things where it's like okay if this team can stay healthy for 17 games you know, where does that put them among like I got them in the top 10 in terms of the power rankings? You know, I made a little power rankings this week just just to kind of do as an exercise. But do where how in terms of the overall picture of the AFC, where where do you rank the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins? I think they're all like tier two. I think they're all tier two. So I think the only teams that I think in the AFC that are probably tier one are the Chiefs. And the Bengals right now, and I think that's fair. You know, I think it's fair to rate those guys right now. Number one, number tier two, they're one because the Bengals have had Chiefs number up until last year in the AFC Championship, and you can make the argument they might have actually beaten the Chiefs if it wasn't for dumb push it out of bounds. You know, <laughs> late in the game, so 
yeah, I definitely think, you know, the Bengals and the Chiefs are definitely ahead and shoulders above everybody else, and I think everybody else is catching them. Uh, at one point in time, I would have put Buffalo there, but, yeah, I just, you know, can they get back there? Certainly, for sure. Like, when you got a guy like Josh Allen, you know, he gives you an opportunity to be in that conversation. But, yeah, I think those two teams are the best in the AFC, and they got everybody else just trying to catch up. Yeah, I you know, as as much of the not necessarily concern, but just nervousness I have about the Bills in terms of that sustained success uh, in terms of the elite of the of the league and conference. You know, I still think that this is a squad that last year was one of the you know, the NFL is so predicated on what have you done for me lately? And the, the Bills had a hell of a year in terms of so much adversity. We've talked about it at nauseum. Uh, I think without that, maybe they're a little bit healthier from an injury bug standpoint. I still think that the Bills can represent the AFC in the Super Bowl or represent, you know, um, in the AFC Championship game. I, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion. Um, I feel like the Bills, along with the Eagles and the 49ers, um, the Bengals even, are, are some of the most complete rosters in the league, right? And with some of the best talent at the quarterback position. Um, it, and it's going to be a dogfight either way it goes, right? It's going to be a dogfight. You know, we saw the the Eagles and the 49ers are going to be battling out. We're going to see the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs kind of figure those things out. It would be interesting to see um, where the Jets kind of fit um, in the upper echelon of things. You know, it looks good on paper, but it's one of those things where they got to prove it. Yeah, I I don't think the – like, how – this is a fair question. I'll ask you, like, I don't think the Bills really got that much better this offseason, though. That was my thing. Like, I think they're kind of, you know, getting Dalton Kincaid, I think, was really good, you know, in the draft. But other than that, did, did they really get better? Are they a better yeah. team than what they were last year? You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I, how, I'll how, tell you. how are they better? Well, I'll tell you, because this is this is what the – see, you're, you know what you've been doing? You, because you haven't been hanging out here on the chop-up, you've been out there in them streets, and they done polluted your mind. No, it has nothing them to do with that. folks done polluted your mind. No, it has nothing, like, I, I'm pretty neutral. So like, I, I don't – you know, I don't care if the Jets win or not. You know, I'm just being – I'm being honest. Like, I just – I look at their roster. I just don't – they don't scare me. Like, I think Justin Allen is good. I mean, obviously, Stefan Diggs is all world. I think losing Tremaine Edmonds was, you know, a big loss. Sure, I do think sure. I do think Trey White coming back fully healthy. I think that'll help them a lot in the secondary. But I I don't know. Like I don't know. I still I think they can win the division. Yeah, I think they okay. they definitely could still win the division. But I just don't know if they're they're right there with Kansas City and you know Cincinnati. Maybe they proved me wrong. But you know, I, I, I but then again, I thought then again, I thought I thought the same thing last year too. And then you know somebody that's not here, you know, <laughs> we won't miss it. You know, I told him I thought the Bengals were better and, you know, come to prove they were. But we'll see. Every year is different. You know, maybe they are a better team. But at least right now, I, I just I just have my doubts, especially considering also that they still have questions on the offensive line too. Just kind of like all the teams in the division. It seems like all the teams in the division except the Patriots have questions about their offensive line. Yeah, I don't think anybody's worried about the Patriots at all or thinking about the Patriots. I mean, well, they wouldn't sign Zeke Elliott. Like, what what is that gonna do? What is that gonna do for you? They are they have a good defense. They have a good sure. offensive line. They're well coached. I think Bill O'Brien will make them better. I don't think they're a playoff team, but do I think they can win seven or eight games and make somebody's life hell in the division? Sure. Yeah, sure. That's and also fair. and also take you to this an account. The Jets haven't beaten him in eight years. So you know, you could call, you could say whatever you want to about you know the Jets being improving and all that stuff, but 
until they until they beat the uh, Patriots, then you know none of this really matters. Which I think they will this year. But you know, I think the Patriots are just they're gonna float, float around about seven eight wins, make people's life hell. And but I think they're probably gonna okay. finish in fourth place too. So I got my my light skin down here. My guy Jeremy, and you know, for all of all of everyone who's listening, uh, there was a mix up. I went in, went on the show. We were supposed to do this next week, so pardon me. Spence is gonna be mad at me. That's my dog, but he he probably mad at me right now. He's probably saying all kinds of swear words in our little chat that we have. But uh, this show will be um, at this time during the season. I think we're gonna move start that well this week, but next week as well. So you can look forward to the chop up being at this time. Now, um, with that being said. I'm going to let Jeremiah answer, Jeremy. So, Antoine, Jeremy, Jeremy, Antoine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my dog down here. So, um, you know, this is the full chop up crew for the season. But, Jeremy, uh, the question was how how do the bill how are the bills better this season? Um, you know, we've talked at nauseum about how teams or or fan bases are kind of saying the bills. You know, even Colin Cowherd saying the Bills are, are, are on a downward arrow, downward spiral. Can you can you uh, tell my guy how the Bills have gotten better? Uh, I, I would assume that their takes on um, the Bills getting worse is the fact that the Jets and the Dolphins have gotten better, and they don't see big splashes from the Bills, which that's fine. But I would I would assume that they're not taking into account the injuries that we have returning. Um, I mean, Jordan's back, full health, Micah's back. Jordan, Micah, and Trey haven't played together since 2021 and uh, on Thanksgiving Day. So our DB sets back. Our D-line is absolutely better. You can see that in the, as far as depth. Um, uh, you can see that in the first preseason game. And, yeah, we lost Tremaine, but, I mean, you're going to lose some guys. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and we're, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you good. No, and we're not going to – the middle linebacker is still a major need for this defense. Um, the Bills are in trouble with middle linebacker. I mean, it, it's it's evident. Like, you know, Tyrell Dawson did not look the part on Saturday. Again, it's a preseason game, but I think there are simple things schematically, filling the run and stuff that he he didn't, in my opinion, didn't do uh, that good of a job on. And we know he he he's not very good in, in coverage. But from an offensive standpoint – how the Bills got better, I think bringing Deontay Hardy um, is, is in the slot. I think that's huge. Um, Khalil Shakur's kind of been inconsistent throughout camp. Um, but, you know, I think there's an emergence for Andy Isabella um, from Arizona. He was a recent acquisition, you know, and we don't need top-end DeAndre Hopkins to come into this offense. You know, Dalton Kincaid has been, I think, better than advertised. I mean, he's come in and, and done a hell of a job uh, playing that, you know, that tight end position or that flex wide receiver slash tight end. Um, and I think James Cook coming into year two is going to is gonna really turn some heads. I was on my show this past weekend saying that James Cook is a thousand-yard rusher. Um, and then you look at the offensive line, okay, Osiris Torrance being a rookie, but from and if if Saturday was any indication, I think Osiris Torrance is going to be a, a a suitable guard. I'm not saying he's going to be all pro level, 
but I think he's going to be a suitable player at right guard. And I think, you know, when you look at it as a whole, Connor McGovern coming over from Dallas Cowboys, I think, you know, gives the Bills a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more ability to, you know, in terms of the run game, be able to take it to the second level. I think he's going to open up some things for the screen game. Uh, There's whispers that, you know, the Bills might be using a little bit of tight end screens and stuff like that. So um, I think this offense is better slightly. You know, I think it's going to be a lot better than it was last year. But again, the Bills were, you know, one of the top offensive teams in the league. And they they didn't even play a full season because they had a game that they didn't complete due to the DeMar Hamlin situation. So it's crazy how you laugh. Why are you laughing? No. I ain't say that. I ain't say that. Just go ahead. Go ahead. He's a hater. Board. See, Jeremy, this is, no, this is why this show is great. Because he's going to come in here and start hating. How am I a hater? Like, I just, I just like. Like they might, I mean, I don't think that would have mattered. I still think they were a top offense whether they lose or win that game. Either way, so that's why I was laughing. Like I didn't yeah. think it really that much. I think Cincinnati might have won, but st- they still would have been a top offense no matter what. That's why I was. That's why I was. Cincinnati was going to clean them up. I, I felt like that the way the Bills looked in that game, it was it. Was, I mean, we saw it in the playoffs. Like Cincinnati was going to kill them. Uh, I mean, they they marched down the field the two times they had the ball, or or was it? I think it was one one possession, but the touchdown, and then they were marching down the field again yeah. and about to score. In my opinion, so yeah. So to say that the Bills haven't gotten better, I think it, people are not really evaluating what the Bills have done this offseason. I think Leonard Floyd is, a, is another one. He's big time. Uh, edge rusher who's at least going to give you nine sacks, right? So I don't know. I, I, yeah. I think the biggest difference between this year's offense and last year's offense is just the personnel that you can put on the field. I, I do think that the fact that we've struggled to run the ball consistently, um, and, and I'm not saying talking about yards per game or yards per carry because Singletary has been doing that, right? Like four or five yards, but more bulk of running game, more play action pay, plays. Um, I think it's just going to help. Josh in terms of efficiency and that's what you need when you get to the playoffs is your is your offense being able to efficiently flow and so it may not help us in terms of like total yards that we gain as far as an offense but it's going to help us when it gets when it comes down to mattering in the playoffs our defense is going to be able to stay off the field more our offense is going to be able to stay on the field more be able to run the ball a little bit better out of 12 personnel and so I think I just think that the benefit that we've gotten this offseason, especially from bringing in some old linemen and Don Kincaid, is that we can run 12 personnel and run the ball more. Yeah, yeah, I think the Kincaid, like, I think the draft pick, I mean, I saw him a lot of Utah. I thought he was tremendous. And for them to get them, get him, you know, go along with Dawson Knox, I think it'll be huge for their offense too as well. So, yeah, I mean, anything that can take some pressure off Stefan Diggs and the rest of the offense, yeah, I think it's a big deal too. And like you said, talk to play a lot more 12 personnel. And uh, I, I I think that in turn is really going to improve their offense. Yeah. So here's a question for you guys before we take mm. a break. Bills, Jets, week one. Who who are y'all taking? Who, who are you, no, who I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. Who are you going to bet on? I'm not saying. Why you're not a, you're, you're not a fan. You're you're you, I'm not. you work you work for a, a public a, a publication that that supports or you know watches the Jets. So you should be able to answer the question. I'm not. It's Bills three weeks away. Like, I, do I, I have to care. give you a bit right now? Yes. No, I'm not giving you. We know. We know y'all picking the bills, but why? Are you, you don't know that. Hey, no, no, Jeremy. No, no. Yeah, Jeremy yes, keeps it hundred. I'm pretty unbiased. Unbi- unbi- Aaron Rodgers okay. is my favorite quarterback outside of Josh. So, like, okay. I, I'm a big Aaron guy, and a lot of people don't like Aaron, and I really don't give a damn. I think Aaron's a good dude, a good team teammate, and I just like the way he plays football. Um, 
I do think, however, the Jordan in this defensive backfield has been very successful against Aaron Rodgers um, when they've played against him in the past. As far as interceptions, like I just have a feeling that our defense is going to come out and, and punch him in the mouth. Now they might try to come back late. So I would give it like a 20, 27 to 23 Bills win. Um, and <laughs> But it'll be a last second. Like Aaron will have the ball last and, and it'll be okay. our defense to stop him. I love it. I love it. Twan, come on now. I'm not giving you a pick. But what I will say is uh, I think it's going to come down to each team defensive line. I think, you know, the Jets defensive line is, at least we talked about there, I think it's the strength, hardest strip of their team, Quentin Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Carl Lawson, and I talked about uh, Grange, Jermaine Johnson, and, you know, Will McDonough have also made two defensively. So, yeah, I think if they can get pressure, kind of like what we saw last year, you know, they were able to get pressure on Josh uh, consistently, ended up uh, forcing him to make some bad decisions. Then, yeah, I think, you know, the Jets have a really good opportunity to win. I think on the flip side, you know, you look at Buffalo and, you know, the Jets have some questions on their offensive line. Can they get – if they can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and force him to make some mistakes too – then I think I think I think it's gonna be a little bit lower scoring game than uh, than that. I think it's probably like maybe like twenty one seventeen somewhere around there because I think both teams have really good defenses and I think they're gonna be able to keep each other in check. I just think it's gonna come down to maybe you know the last possession or whoever I, has it last. It's kind of like what happened in you know in MetLife yeah, last year too. I agree with that, but like I have a, a high. Like garbage points happen quite a bit in in the NFL, and like I think the first three quarters will be all defense, and it just happens that like at the end of games, like a lot of turnovers could come into play, scores on defense, return kicks. I just I think garbage points in the in the fourth quarter, like I think that'll push it to the twenty seventh. I think it'll be a good defensive game for for three quarters though. Yeah, yeah, I I, I want to see what 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 sauce does. I mean, I love sauce Gardner. I think he's, in my opinion, he's the best cornerback in the league. He's better than Jalen Ramsey. I, that's look, man, well, I watched him. Right I watched Sertain too? Is that who you have second? Jalen? I, I think Sertain probably I the think best Sertain's one I think better than Jalen Ramsey. I think Sertain's better yeah, than Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Yeah. I, I think Sertain's I, probably I, number one for me. You know, I, I, I love, look, sauce gets the edge just because from a mental standpoint, like the way he um, anticipates what the what, you know what the receivers doing mirroring routes and and he's just extremely sticky in covers tall lanky you know it, some say he's grabby but they're not calling it I mean run it but it, it's one a one b I I love Patrick Sertain um you know being out here in Denver you know I get to hear and, and watch him a lot so you know I'm a big fan of PS two um, but I think those are the best two cornerbacks in the league for sure Jalen Jalen Ramsey comes in at number three for me and then Jair I got him at number four. The only reason I wouldn't put Sauce there yet because I want to see him do it another year. Like it's he, I think he, I think he will. No, how am I hate? Like I'm just, you know, I think it's, I think he's Third great. Take. I think it's tremendous. But you know, to be the best in the league, yeah, I think you have to do it more than one year. That's always been my rule. I think Sauce will. I think he's gonna be great. But you know, for right now, I will put Sertain number one, and then Sauce you know, two, and then, like I said, I have Alexander three, and then I might have Ramsey number four, especially considering he's hurt right now at the moment. Sure. All right, so we're halfway through the show. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, After the break, we're going to talk about the Michael Ower situation and was he extorted? Bill's Mafia is back. 
Are you ready for it? The third annual Buffalo Rumblings IPA beer release party is going down September 16th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Resurgence Brewing Company located downtown at 55 Chicago Street. I'm going to tell you what, you do not want to miss this event. Come out and hang with Joe, Sarah, and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings crew for the Megapod. You're going to want to bring your questions and be a part of the live stream. Get involved. It's going to be live. And this year, we're also going to have our friends from Fans of Buffalo joining the party and sponsoring the fun. They're going to be in the house to provide you with all the information you need to make your away game day experience the easiest and the most smooth that you've ever had in your life. I can promise you, they they do their job very well. So make sure you make it out Saturday, September 16th, 6 p.m., Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. Go Bills. All right, so that is uh, that's our guy Jay Spencer King on that ad there for for the uh, the event that we got going on next month. It's gonna be it's gonna be dope, man. It's gonna be dope. Tawana, wish you could be there, but you know you're gonna be doing your Jets thing, doing your real job. So we're gonna have to catch up <laughs> when you come out to Denver next time. Are the Jets playing well, the Broncos yeah, play, in Denver? Yeah, it's week five. Yeah. Okay, so do you have a place to stay? Yeah, I, I, I got a, I got a hotel through the company, so yeah. Okay, I mean, all right. Yeah, I'm good. Like, okay, yeah, I'll well, be around. I think I think last year I was there. I think you had something going on. So yeah, but yeah, we'll yeah. try to we'll try to figure it out. So when you get in town, let me know because you got to come watch my son play uh play football. He, first year he's playing left tackle. Uh, I think it's gonna be dope. But yeah, we I gotta got we gotta hang out. Gotta get you a home cooked meal or something, bro. Yeah, I'll be there from that Friday to that Sunday. I have a red eye um, after the game on Sunday. So Okay, bet. We're going to figure that out. All right, so as we're back from our break, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard the story, but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the blind side, um, it being manufactured or fabricated information. Well, this week, Michael Lower came out and he's suing the Tuies. Uh, you know, because the, he feels like they took advantage of him. Uh, have you have you guys heard about the story? Yes, I have. All right, so so seeing that, I lo- first of all, I love the movie. I, I, it was a feel good movie. I felt all kinds of good being a kid from Tennessee, growing up in the ghetto and making it out. You know that it resonated with me to an extent. What you know when when you look at the the lawsuit and everything that's taking place, we'll start with you, Jeremy. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll end with you, Tuan. I mean, I, I've heard about it. I don't know into detail, so I can't really expect it. I can go off like the movie and at what happened at the end of the movie. It sounds like towards the end, he started finding out that what they were doing was probably like not what he ex- was expecting them to be doing. I, I don't know. Okay, if I, a, so like you can go ahead. So let me let me tell you what happened. So what this is what happened. They said that after so they they took this kid in and they, you know, it was alleged that they adopted him. Okay. Well, that didn't happen. That was never true. They didn't adopt him. Uh now they might have gave him some some Taco Bell, but they didn't adopt the kid. So right after he turns 18 years old, allegedly they tricked him into signing a conservator a conservators um power of attorney conservatorship like what britney spears had yes and um yeah. go ahead Twan. yeah i was gonna say it gave them legal authority to make like business decisions in his name so right. essentially they had legal power over his name so to be able to do you know to make money off of him make a profit mm-hmm. ain't that me- that's the dude that's messed up 
That, that I mean, is messed up. It's messed up because he's a kid, but that happens every and, day to these players. And also because of that, like they because of the movie, though they granted royalties to their children. Not to him, but to their children, allegedly. Like make sure I say this allegedly, like to their children. And then they, they're making millions of dollars, like, you know, streaming wise, all this stuff too wow. from the movie. <laughs> so and Michael Orr has not seen a dime. So like you can understand, like, like he, whenever he was asked about this when he was playing, he always he hated talking about it, and I, you know, I can understand why because they make him look. I'm trying to say this nicely, but they they don't make him look in a positive light in the movie. Put it that way. The, the like, two or Michael. They make the no, I mean, Michael. Michael. Okay. Michael, they I'm, excuse me. They don't make Michael look in a positive light. The two is, I mean, of course they make them look good because they're taking you know this black kid in and Tennessee and all this stuff, and you know help him go to Ole Miss and do all this stuff too. But yeah, I definitely think you know they make him look you know not like such an intelligent guy when you know realistically I think he is a pretty smart guy if you ever heard him speak it, and things of that nature too. It would be interesting to see if like. Because he wasn't playing football in the movie before the twoies, right? So, like, I would, I would be probably digging deeper to see what kind of like help they actually gave him. Like, if if he they actually took, like, they don't have to adopt him to let him sleep on their in, in their in a room of theirs or whatever it is. It would be interesting to see what kind of help they actually gave him versus what the movie said. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they they also said uh, they came out with a statement the twoies that you know. Michael Orr had threatened to like put they just public unless he gave they gave him fifteen million dollars. Did they? So yeah, wow. I mean, wow. Yeah, I, I always say the truth is somewhere in the middle. So right. I think it's you know it's some truth to what he's saying. It's probably some truth for what they're saying, but you know I also think that yeah, making them sign that conservatorship. I mean, it, it really makes them look kind of low in that sense instead of yeah. adopting them. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things like, okay, if you're Michael Orr, what what is the benefit of coming out and saying this stuff if it wasn't true, right? Like, you, there has to be some truth to it, um, because that's, I mean, that's that's kind of messed up, man. Like, you you know, you hope for like good stories like that where people um, out there who take kids in, regardless of color, um, you know, who who need homes, who who need a place to stay, who need food, and. and I, man, it's just, it's like, it's like one of those stories that I wanted so hard to believe that it was true just because of like what it stood for. Like, you know, it, it, you could see a, a really a feel good story or a story of hope just from where I grew up, right. Being, you know, in Tennessee, it was a war zone when I grew up there. So I understand like what the movie was depicting. Like it was really like that where I grew up um, to see him get out of the ghetto make something of himself and Tuan, to pick it back on what you just said you know they did make him look kind of dumb huh like he yes. was like mute like like the dude was like it, it was very and and pardon me i ain't trying to offend nobody but it was very like slave boy kind of stuff coming yeah. from i was gonna say that yeah it was kind of like the slave master and you know just like a actual slave that's kind of how it was but I I hope justice is served. You know, um, maybe there's a, a middle ground for these these two parties to can kind of figure it out. Uh, but I'll probably never watch the <laughs> the Blind Side again because it's it's marred now. 
Um, I won't be showing it to my kid either. So it, it's it's a wrap on that. But uh, they, they should pay him. They need to give him some money though yeah. for that though. Like that's yeah. that's definitely a fact. Like he needs he needs to get some kind of royalty because it is his name. Like and that's him. So yeah. All right. So with that being said, we, we we're gonna wrap that up. Um, now stick around because uh, you know we we're gonna talk some bills. But I, I want to know, you know, because uh, I haven't talked to you yet, Jeremy, about the preseason game. What are your thoughts on and thoughts and takeaways from the Bills win against the Colts on Saturday? What, what were your thoughts? I mean, this is the first preseason game. There's never much to go on. Uh, I know that the depth of the D-line is very good um, coming off that preseason game. I know that, like, the depth of the receivers are all right. I don't think we're going to carry – I have like an opinion about if we're going to carry seven or if we're going to keep more DBs. I know they value special teams. And so maybe they keep uh, uh, Isabella to return. Um, mm. But I just, I would see six and then a practice squad guy or two, a couple practice squad guys as far as uh, receivers. Um, but I think they're going to keep more defensive players to play special teams because that's what they've generally done in the, in the past. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, it looked like Mike Barkley was kind of sharp in that game, like like he was uh, doing his I'm, thing. I'm not a Kyle Allen guy, so I, I I'm always hoping. Yeah, I, I'm not Carson Wentz. I covered him when he was with the Panthers, so I'm, I'm not either. So that there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Carson Carson go get Carson Wentz to back him up like they did with Mitch. Have a nice backup just in case, you know, nice little vet men. I mean, if he's not going to play all season, I'd take Carson Wentz and then put Barkley on the practice squad and. Oh, whatever they do, whatever they do with Kyle Allen, I'm not sure. That's his cousin, so I'm sure they'll keep him. But yeah, I, I could pass on Kyle Allen. Um, <laughs> but Matt Barkley, I think he deserves the number of the QB two. I, I think he's played well. I think he did well last preseason. Uh, he understands the offense. And one of the things that I appreciate about uh, Matt Barkley is that he's he's on he's on time in rhythm you know he can execute the office now he's not you know he's not Josh Allen he's not gonna make you know uh you know plays off script or, or roll out to his right and, and throw across his body in, in the back of the end zone he you know that's not Matt Barkley's game but what I do appreciate about Matt Barkley is that he let that thing fly now he may have to if he's gonna throw 40 50 yards in the air he's gonna have to throw that thing right when the ball is snapped because you know he ain't got much air uh much air under that thing so I like I mean, him, man. Look, I'm, I like Matt Barkley as a person. I think he deserves to be on the team, uh, whether it's practice squad or as a just a backup quarterback wherever he plays. But he's not going to get you regular season wins against starters, I, in my opinion. So, like, mm. if, if you're going to bring in a backup to actually back up Josh, who runs the ball a lot, then you got to go get somebody that can get you wins if if Fred whatever you know I mean I don't want to put that in in the motion, but, but if if need be a second quarterback was needed I needed somebody that can win games as a number two and I don't I mean Matt Barkley is you know I mean I think he can come in to play a quarter but I just don't see it 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think the Bills are in a situation where most teams and backup quarterbacks. I mean, are like if they if their backups have to play, then they're kind of screwed anyway. Same thing with the Jets. Same. <laughs> same thing with the Bengals. Like you know, that's just the reality of the situation. Like those guys, if those guys are out any extended period of time, like yeah, that's what it's it is. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How is that? Right. right. <laughs> How's Zach Wilson look under the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers? Like, is he does he look more comfortable? Uh, it looks from the you know I did watch the Jets preseason game. He does look more comfortable um, playing the position. Um, it, it seems like him and Aaron have a really good relationship. Can you speak on uh, what that what that transition's been looking like so far? I think he's like making sound decisions. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. doing. I think you, what you saw in the first year, his career, first couple of years in his career. He would just make these, try to make these highlight real throws that he'd made at BYU. And, you know, when you're in the league, I mean, you got these fast defenders. Like, you can't just throw the ball, you know, chuck the ball on the field all the time. I think you have to go through your progressions and make the sound decision. I think that's kind of what they've done with him. They just say, okay, it's okay to just to check the route down to the receiver or take this, you know, five-yard out route or, you know, you know, it's, you know just short passes. It's okay to think and dunk. You know, just to move the ball down the field, move the chains, and things of that nature too. So, yeah, what I'm finding is he's not, you know, making these careless mistakes that I think we kind of saw throughout the course of his career early on. You know, it is preseason, so you kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I think you definitely see some improvement decision making with him, and I think it's a start. It's a start for him. Right. But yeah, I definitely think you know he's in a much better place, especially when you're having someone like Aaron Rodgers in his ear. Also, who, somebody who also knows the offense really well and help guiding him from play to play. I I have a big like we we expect these like young rookies and stuff. This never used to be the case where they used to come in and be like, "Yo, you need to play now," because it used to be you sit under, you learn, and you get to sit under Aaron Rodgers. And this is Jordan Love this year is going to be like a perfect example of like you if you sit and you take it in, you learn. That could be a, just as much growth as you playing in, and even more so than you playing in messing up all the time and continuing to make the same mistakes over and over and over again and not learning from your mistakes. So I think it might be more mental, Aaron, coming in and, and helping and whatever coaching staff they had to help him. Like, But I do think Zach is going to be nice if, if he takes this, um, I would say, a couple years of, of Aaron being there and actually learns and, and, and takes it in. I, I, I like Zach Wilson's skill set. He just needed to get right. mentally, in my, in my opinion. Or I think uh, also when they, the quarterbacks were thrown out early, we gave them a little bit of rope, like, okay, like, let's see what they are. Like, they might struggle their first couple of years, but year three, you know, they, that's when they start to make that change and turn the corner a little bit. Nowadays, people just want everything now. They expect these guys to come in and to start producing year one, and that's not real realistic, you know, especially when you're going – Typically, you're going to a bad team. Like, if you're getting drafted number one and number two overall, unless they make some kind of trade or something like that. So you're not going to be in a great situation where you have a lot of weapons, but people just don't want to be patient with anything right. anymore. Like, I mean, that's just not even football. That's just reality of life. That's my biggest thing with Kincaid. Yeah. It's like, yo, like, cool down on the expectations, my No, like, no, cool I can't. The, let, let, the man, let the man grow a little bit. Learn, like, you know what I mean? Learn some blocking, get a little bigger. Like, let the man grow before we start Travis Kelsey, next Travis Kelsey. I don't want to hear that anymore. Like, let the man grow and stop putting the number one tight end expectations on the game. 
Uh, hey, I'm driving the the Kincaid hype train. I'm the conductor, so y'all, I'm gonna have countdowns on this joint every week for what he I, does. Hey, I liked him in I liked him in college, so like what he's doing doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So I thought he was tremendous at Utah. Absolutely, I, I like him. I just I I don't like that calling him possibly the best tight end, nah. and then he being like, all right, he's like eighth, and then we're like, no, nah, bust, because he was supposed to be the best. Like, I hear that every day that he's going to be the next Travis Kelsey. I don't want to hear that anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't go that far, but I'd be pumping the train, baby. Be pumping the train. <laughs> hey, you guys made some comments that were really interesting about backup quarterbacks. Um, have you guys taken notice of what's going on with Trey Lance in San Francisco? I mean, yes. this dude, man. It's sad, right? Like, what, what are y'all's thoughts on that? It, it was it was not – well, I, I watch the Raiders a lot, so I definitely watched that game against the 49ers. And, I mean, he, he couldn't even stay inside the pocket. Like, he was running before he even had to. Like, some of those sets were his fault. Like, I mean, of course, they wouldn't, he wasn't getting adequate, adequate blocking from time to time. But, you know, when you're running, like, before you have to, then you're putting all that pressure on your offensive lineman. And, and then not only that, when he threw the ball, like – he probably should have had like two or three interceptions, like mm. off top, like on Sunday against the Raiders. I mean, it's not good at all. But I think this serves as a, you know, a cautionary tale that, you know, not that I'm you no know, knocking North Dakota State guys or anything like that, but you better be really careful when you go up and trade for a guy, like especially with somebody with some raw ability and as young as what he is and playing, you know, Division One Double A. You know, not for nothing that the competition wasn't nearly the same as what you had somebody like, you know, even Matt Jones. Like, I know a lot of, like, you said, like, Kyle Shanahan was ready to take Matt Jones instead of Trey Lance. I think that might have been a better situation for them as opposed to what they have in Trey Lance right now. So, yeah, I always thought that, you know, I, I saw Trey Lance a little bit in college. I was not super impressed, to be quite honest with you, but. You know, everybody thought he might be, you know, the next, you know, big thing, and it certainly hasn't been the case. What injury did he have last year? If you, I forgot. What uh, it's like some kind of leg injury, something like yeah, I think I'll, leg I'll or foot or something like that. Yeah. The uh, reason I said it is because like I see there's certain people that handle injuries well, and there's certain people that don't, and like he might be coming back with a little bit of timid attitude because if I'm not mistaken, early last season he was playing all right, or during the preseason and then early last season, he was playing all right before he got injured. So, like, I, I just – just like Trey White last year, I'm I'm giving that, like, a pass as far as him coming back and just getting his feet under him. I'm going to give Trey Lance a little bit of leeway to come back and get his feet under him before I start calling him whatever whatever he may be. I, and I know he doesn't have a lot of time because they, they're calling for Brock Purdy out there, but mm-hmm. um, I got to give him some time. So it was a, uh ankle fracture. That sideline Trey Lance last year. Um, the the thing about the Trey Lance situation that has me kind of uh, you know, just thinking is like you see guys like Sam Darnold, you see guys like Brock Purdy, and, and you and there's a list of quarterbacks where you know, um, what what's their Shanahan has had in Atlanta. You know, dealing with Matt Ryan. I think I don't know if he was there with Matt Schaub or not. I think he might have been there with Matt Schaub. Yeah, I think so. Towards yes. the end of his career, right? So um, Schaub was you still know, pretty solid too. 
Right, right. So you you and see RG three uh, and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he was yep, that as well. Yep, yep, uh, yep. That was that was that year with uh RG 3s first year. The Shanahan's were there. So you you know you see that you see a guy who can take a quarterback with a various skill set, right? To very not very talented in terms of athletic profile, like a Brock Purdy, and and make these guys acceptable, make them look good. I mean, you know, I think it takes a lot of work to make a Jimmy Garoppolo look suitable right outside of the injuries um and and like you have a they drafted a guy that had all the physical tools necessary and it's like i can't put together what is the reason why it's not clicking for him right you you he, he had a year off so i mean under it's it's not like he's he's had hey. to change coordinators and stuff <laughs> like that he's been in the same offense why is it not working a year off is a little excessive yeah, i mean he was yeah he was hurt <laughs> he had fractured ankles so like he had to spend a lot of time not worrying about football and worrying about healing his, his leg. So, and then when he gets back, he has to get over this mental hub of, of getting hurt in the game. And that's part of it. And like that, that injury can, can mentally scar you for as long as it will. And he's got to get over that at some point. He's not, he doesn't have a lot of time left, but um, I don't, I think once you get the starters out there on that offense, like, it, he Kyle Shanahan is a is a running guy, right? So like, he, they're gonna start running the ball better. Trey Lance gonna have less responsibilities if he's starting, and um, he'll start to play better because that that run offense is just so good. That defense is so good. So like, um, that's partially of what's covered up Jimmy Garoppolo's defects in the past is that he has a really good defense and a really good running game, and he can hit open targets and. That's all he has to all Trey Lance really has to do. And once he learns that and gets a little bit more comfortable standing out there on the pocket, uh past his injury, I'm sure he'll be all right. Yeah, this is third year in the system talking about Trey Lance. I mean, this is this is about it for him. Like yeah. this is yeah, this is you know, I we talked I talked about patience and things like that, but yeah, for year three, I mean, you better start showing signs that, you know, like you want you're gonna be the guy or you can be the guy. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily shown that. And then you like you say, you got a guy like Bob Purdy who was taken in the seventh round, who I thought probably if he was taller and probably a little bit bigger, probably would have been taken a lot sooner, you know, coming out of Iowa State as well. And Sam Donald has really rehabbed his career to the point where I'm not saying he's gonna be an adequate starter in the league, but at least he can be a solid backup to this point, especially and I think obviously Kyle Shanahan can get the most out of him, probably more than just about anybody else. So yeah, I mean Trey Lance. You know, this is this is the end of the road, really. Yeah, you got to start showing some kind of signs, or I think he they, end up, they might end up trading them, you know, sooner rather than later. All right, so uh, we'll wrap up the 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 Trey Lance uh, saga. I mean, we'll see what they do with him. Uh, you know, if at this point, cut him and see if he can catch on with cut him. No, nah, you trade him. You see, you try to trade him. Uh, who's go, who's gonna who's gonna take him? Somebody that, would. That's Somebody would. Somebody would. It's, all that's all you need you just need one team that's all you need like yeah get a conditional six round pick maybe you know if he ends up playing maybe get a fifth round some somebody would take him as many you know quarterback quarterback situations out there even backup quarterback quarterback situations somebody would take him how much money is he getting it's got to be quite a bit right he was yeah, uh, I know they there. would have to. Well, they'll have the option to decline his fifth year option mm -hmm. after this season. So, yeah, it's it's not he's not owed that much more guaranteed money. Yeah, he's uh, you know, so it says he signed a four year contract uh, on his yeah. rookie deal worth thirty four million. So he he 
he uh, for the 23 seasons base salary is 3.7 mil and has a cap hit of 9.3 mil. That's not that's not terrible, but no, it's not terrible in terms of quarterbacks. It's 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 yeah. that's cheap, right? That's what I'm saying. He might be you somebody. Know. Somebody go try to trade if their season's going downhill and they got a quarterback got hurt or something like that. They might get some out of him. Yeah, I mean, look at Arizona. I mean, although I mean, I don't expect Cal. I don't think Kyler should play at all this year. Mm. But you know, I imagine he's going to want to because you know I'm sure he hears the. Caleb Williams whispers out oh, there yeah. too. I think we all do because <laughs> he he realizes if he doesn't play, Caleb Williams is probably coming in there or Drake May from North Carolina, and then it's right, probably going right. to take his job. So yeah, of course he's going to want to play at some point. Yeah, we'll see, man. It, it's interesting. So, but last question before we go, um, you know, it's kind of a twofold question for you both. Um, you know, Twan, you obviously you're going to be speaking in terms of the Jets, but wh- who is the who is the camp surprise, and and who is a surprise candidate that will be cut by the <clears throat> training camp? You want me to go? All right, I can go first. Then I guess uh, I think now with Dalvin Cook being there, like the Jets have a surplus of running backs. So you know, I think this really puts you know a guy like Michael Carter or you know Zonovan Bam Knight kind of on the bubble there. Uh, I think Knight was somebody that kind of was an undrafted free agent, somebody that was really their bell cow late in the season mm-hmm. when, you know, Brees Hall got hurt. So, and then obviously Michael Carter, uh, well, as that was a fourth round pick for the Jets last year. Uh, I definitely think, I, I think they would like to keep him, but again, you're not going to keep five, you know, tailbacks on your roster, like, right. especially if you're going to possibly keep a fullback too. So one of those guys are going to probably be the odd man out too. And as far as, you know, a camp surprise, I think we are you know, talked about Jason Brownlee too, as well. So I think Tony Adams you know, for the Jets too is safe. that he's going to end up starting the safety for the Jets, which I think is huge. Undrafted free agent, his second year coming out of Illinois. Somebody that's going to, you know, I think sneak up on a lot of people this year. Jeremy, what you got? What what you think? My answer is interesting because it's the same person. Okay, it's Boogie Basham is the person that surprised me the most as far as like his growth and what he's been able mm-hmm. to do. I also think that they're going to trade him at some point if he continues to play very well in the preseason because I just don't think they're going to keep that many D linemen. And his contract, I mean, his uh, I think his fifth year is coming up soon. And so I do think that he's played very well. He's earned a spot in a roster. Um, I just don't think it's going to be the Bills because they have a surplus right. of D linemen that I think they're going to keep. All right. Uh, we're going to see what's happening. I mean, cut down day, uh, that day is a fast one guy. Yeah, it's just one cut down day now. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy. I, I think there's going to be a lot of talent that's going to end up out there on the streets, man. You know, these teams are, I think these top teams, you know, they're going to be cutting guys that it happens every year, right? They're guys that, that you don't ever expect to be cut necessarily, and they end up, you know, impacting a, a squad somewhere. So, we're going to see. But uh, again, you know, Thank you guys for being a part of the show. Uh, those of you who are watching, Twan's good to have you back. Jeremy, uh, that's my dog down there. Um, you know, next week we'll we'll be on time. You know, we <laughs> we won't uh, mix up the time. But uh, for those of you out there, man, listen to Chop Up, man, we really appreciate you. Uh, and again, you know, we own this thing every single week during the season. Uh, I can't wait for the Buffalo Bills season to start. I can't wait till we whoop up on them Jets. Can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait till we whoop up on them Jets. But uh, anyways, man, 
We out of here. Yeah, I need it up front. Can't tell me because I do what I want. Self-made every day. You know we gon' stun. You know that we eat and it's looking like lunch. So I tell them that I need it up front. Can't tell me because I do what I want. Self-made every day. You know we gon' stun. You know that we eat and it's looking like lunch. So I tell them that I need it. Everything around my whole team, though. You ain't getting money, you niggas ain't never seen, though. Tell me where the cash at, I tell you where the stash at. I've been getting to it so long, been having flashbacks. I double that, triple that, spend it all, make it back. I need.